Mob. We are back for another episode of Meat and Potatoes episode. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, you just see a lot of slits for eyes. A lot of slits for eyes. It is 3.20 in the morning. Uh, Eastern. Eastern Standard Time, negative 5 GMT. You like that? I like that. That was nice. That was pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going out of town this weekend, so... I thought we could either take this weekend off. Nah, 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 nah. Now we're up at 3.20 a.m. getting it in because uh, not only do you have just wells of fantasy knowledge between the three of us, you have three attentive fathers. And we're there for our kids. It's it's the usual suspects. We got Goni. How you doing, man? What's up, man? How you doing? And we got, I'm, I'm swell, tired. And we got uh, Begley. What's up, brother? What's up, bro? I'm going to be shedding clothing and crawling into some pajamas while this episode's going on. All right. Another YouTube episode, huh? Uh, we are back um, to the uh, video call, so the audio should be a little bit better. I apologize for the issues we had last time. It was our first in person. Let's get, give us a little bit of a break. It, growing pains. We'll figure it out. Um, this episode, we are doing... I don't know. What do you want to? I don't want to call it hot takes because that's like a separate segment we do. This is like late round value. Late round late value. Rounds, bro, give them some Boeings. Man, I tell you, I tell you what, Goni. Late round flyers, and these are these are guys that we think you should pick out. Like when you're just when you've got all all the guys that you've been going for. You know, you got the meat of your lineup, and you're just going to the end of the draft, and you're just wanting to throw a dart because you're comfortable with what you got. We got it right here, and and granted, there are a few guys. I think I think I had a guy, one of my guys, the ADP was like ten point two. I think he was the highest for me. So some of them are going to be drafted, but most, pretty much all of these guys. I sp- I know I speak for myself. I don't want to speak for you all because I don't know who you have. Um, I don't think anybody is anybody's ADP that we have. We all chose six guys. I don't think anybody's ADP was in single digits, right? Nah. I had eighth round. I had a couple eight eight rounders. Wow. Maybe two. Man. He's got a, he's got a couple of meat on his bones. So over the, there. no it's, no it's, wonder no wonder he called them late round values because it, he did he's not picking flyers. They're starters, bro. He's, they're I, starters. I start a guy in your eighth round isn't going to be a starter on your team every week. Let's be real. Wow. All right, well, but I, these diamonds in the rough could be. I tell be. you, I, well, let me just tell you, Matt. Mom, with this, we are doing this from a redraft perspective, correct? Correct. A redraft, a redraft perspective. Um, all, like I said, my best guy was his ADP was ten point two. I got a few non-drafted people in here, but you know, I, I guess I just grinded a little bit more homework than Goni did, which is fine. It's got the assignment. Grinded some homework. All right. Yeah. Uh, no big deal. Uh, it's fine. Some of us do more work than others, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, go, listen, I, Gon could give you a nice RB two right here. So take notes. Yeah, yeah. It's he's like mixing up, you know, his RB two and WR two rankings. I'm pretty excited to hear what he has to say about the players that we've pretty much already talked about. So I wonder excited. if I bring up Devonte Adams as a late round flyer. I know. That's your boy, man. You love Devonte. That is true. That's all what right. I'm saying. You faded him all the way back to a late round flyer. <laughs> it's great value hey. then if you get him in the late rounds, isn't it? You know what? I if ha- it's ching. I hate this because Goni's got a better shot at being right, but that's only because he's picking starters. That just doesn't make any sense. 
So, Whatever, so Mad Mob, you know, we're getting, uh, you're getting late round flyers from me and Bags. You're getting, you know, middle of the pack guys from Goni, I guess. So we'll, Flyers. Listen, I, I, I I'm gonna preface this. I don't want I don't want anybody listening to be caught by surprise. I got the soundboard going. We got the soundboard going. We got a few sound effects. You might hear them. You might not. Because this isn't gonna be. I, I don't want to be one of these like <laughs> you know like joking ones. They're. I'm only gonna use it when they're relevant. Tasteful. It's tasteful. It's, it's I'm not. Nice. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna absolutely blow your ears out with just the most random sounds. But just know they're they're there, and they're gonna be coming at you. I feel like I should have one for Goni, but for Goni right now, just absolutely screwing the pooch on his rankings. But I'll just whatever. Just one day. They love to hate Mad Mob. They love to hate. Uh, all right. I, I've done the intro. They've heard my voice for about four minutes. My raspy, tired voice. I kind of like it, though. It's nice baritone. Anyways, uh, yeah, so we all got six guys. Well, how do you all want to do this? You just want to each do one person and bang, 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 and then the second? Or do you want you know me to say six and Bex to say? I think we should, I think we should say rotation in. It's got a nice rotation. Okay. A well, rotation. They're tired of hearing me. We'll we'll start with Beggs. All right. My first one, I've got a guy, a running back. His ADP is 129, and that is Damian Pierce. I like Damian Pierce. I drafted him in rookie drafts. Uh, actually, was it a week ago uh, at the 1.12? Um, I, I think he's absolutely going to win the Texans' backfield by the end of the year. I uh, loved him at Florida. He just didn't quite get the ball enough. Uh, he's got decent draft capital. It's not great. Third round pick by the Texans, but um, you know, bad offenses can produce good running backs, right? You had DeAndre Swift and the Lions. You know, last year the Steelers were bottom ten offense. Uh, they produced Najee, the Bears, Montgomery, the Dolphins, Gaskin. Uh, you know, James Robinson two years ago. Uh, Coco Patterson on the Falcons last year. So I, I'm taking a guy who's going to get a lot of volume on a horrific offense. I expect him to win the job by the end of the year. It's not a tough one to win. I just don't like that nah. offense, man. And it's really utilization. If if he's getting 100% of the snaps, or you know, 80s, 90s, something like that, then if he's talented, he might be able to put up a season like a James Robinson or, or Miles Gaskin a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's got the SEC pedigree. Uh, you know, Marlon Mack, we really haven't seen what he can do since he tore his ACL two years ago. So you don't really know what you get with Marlon Mack. Achilles. Achilles, thank you. Your 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 dreaded injury. Exactly. I mean, they don't come back. Um, and then, you know, you got Rex Burkhead, who I think is, what, 33 years old now? So, I mean, the competition is weak for sure. He's another guy that seems like he's a million years old. Yeah, dude, so the only thing that kills me is he's on a turd team which I get is one of his upsides, but the, it's just a terrible offensive line. It's garbage. It's, oh, no, no doubt. I mean, but he he just didn't get on the field a lot at, at Florida, so I, I think he's got a lot in the tank. He doesn't have a lot of hits on the body. It's He's going to be the starting running back for the Texans by about the midpoint of the year, I think. Uh, I can so, see it. Enough. I can see it. That's that's a solid point. And I, I'm trying to I'm trying to like reel myself back off talking trash on anybody because – these are late round flyers, and he's right. If you, I think Damian Pierce is in a terrible situation as far as the team and the offensive line he's behind. But Begley's right; 
he's he's got a clear path to RB one and an RB one for any team, no matter how garbage, it deserves a roster spot in my opinion. Yeah, agree. All right, so that is Beg's first guy, Goni. Who you got? My first pick here is going to be Devin Singletary, running back for the Bills. He's currently going in the back of the eighth round as the RB thirty-two. He's going around guys like Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, and his teammate James Cook, which I thought was a little weird that their ADP was close. Would Would you guys rather have a Singletary or James Cook this year? Um, it's Cook. Really? I I'd rather I'd rather take. The the RB one on the death chart. Get, the RB one. I mean, he, give me the RB one. Give me the late scene. round flyer. The RB one. Zach Zach Moss. Zach Moss is kind of. I feel like going to get phased out. James Cook. Right. They're, they're a Super Bowl <laughs> contending team. They're not going to hand yeah. the reins over to a rookie. Agreed. So give me the, the RB one on that the high powered yeah. offense where he's got a clear role to be the RB one workhorse. It's a good pick, man. Who, James Cook. No, Devin nah, Singletary. I mean, he's the, Bills the RB thirty-two. He's the RB thirty-two man in the ADP. I I highly, highly think he's going to beat that out. I think he can be a back end two, um, back end running back two. He had a bad stretch from week three to week thirteen, where he only scored <laughs> double digits twice. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. He had a bad stretch for eleven weeks. <laughs> he did, but you want to know why? His snap share was down in the thirties and forties, bro. Thirties and forties. Okay. He had a bash. Okay, so so Goni. <laughs> yeah. Listen, what are you gonna do with thirty? What are you gonna do with thirty and forty percent snap share? Goni had a bad stretch for eighty percent of the year, man. So let me let me get to the point here. Before you I'm so sorry. All over. <laughs> it's four in the morning. It really tickled me. They weren't. Hang on, hang they on. weren't giving him the ball. All right, they weren't giving him the ball. He wasn't on the field. After that, he tore it up to close out the season. He put up 15, 16, 19, 23, and 25 yeah. to claim the RB20 spot. During that time frame, he averaged about 80% snap share. So when he's on the field and when they feed him, he produces. I'm not worried about James Cook. The offense is elite. Josh Allen is elite. The chains are going to keep on moving, and I think for where you can get him in the back of the eighth round, he has excellent value to be a back-end RB2 this year. Who did you say was around him ADP-wise? Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, and James Cook. James Cook. My, my my problem with Singletary is as a Zach Moss owner, you know, Zach Moss got hurt last year, I think week 13. Yes, week 13. He really got hurt week 12, tried to come back early and couldn't. So that's really when Singletary took off. Everybody's healthy. And Cook, I think, has better hands, right? He's he's a better pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a little bit a PPR? No, because he was because um Singletary was getting like 20 opportunities a game, and a lot of them were carries. 18, 19 carry games. He's putting up big numbers. He scored a bunch of touchdowns during the end of the year. And I mean, Zach Moss hasn't done anything to really scare you or give any reason to give him the ball, honestly. So, I mean, I could see James Cook being the third down and and passing back, but I think that they stick with Singletary as the first and second down in the goal line back this year. Fair enough. What you got, Wayne? 
late round flyer in the eighth. I've got. Shut up, Begley. Just just stop it. <laughs> Dude, we go. When Goni said he had a bad <laughs> year, I, I about fell out of my chair, man. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, my my late round flyer is not nearly as good as Goni's because mine is in fact a late round flyer. Um, no offense. It's only sixteen round man rounds. Like, how far back you going? Uh, is eight out of sixteen? That's like a that's a mid draft flyer, right? Like exactly I mean, mid. Uh, when you when you look at eight. <laughs> Do you not already have your roster set, your starter set? Maybe. Man, he's thinking hard about Maybe. this one. Holy crap! Eight, eight's when you is eight when you start considering Kyler Murray. You know, no, see, Kyler no. Murray's like a fourth, fifth round guy, man. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Well, like, well, that- it depends. If it's like a super flex, then no, you don't have your starters ready, right? Because if you if you got you know your tight end your defense, okay. Your but how many super flexes receivers? do you play in? How many well, super yeah. flexes are you playing in? One. 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 <laughs> Whatever, man. We're not, we're we're not also, doing a super flex here. Otherwise, I would have thrown some quarterbacks in. Some quarterbacks. It, I threw a quarterback in. Wayne, if what if it's an IDP tight end premium league? My, I don't think you said it. Eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to start with this one, but because it segues perfectly, I got a quarterback, Jameis Winston. Hey, let's go. Jameis Winston. People, his last full season happened to be for the Buccaneers, obviously. He threw for over 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns. He coupled that with a spicy 30 interceptions. I get, but he was still a top tier fantasy quarterback. With his 5,100 yards and 33 tutties. I mean, it, his issue is obviously turning the ball over. But last year, in the seven games that he played for New Orleans, he had the second-best QBR of his entire career. Um, and then you look, you couple the if him finally getting the reins to a team um, from start to finish. Well, we'll see finish. Um, from start from the start, he's he's handling this offseason as the as the QB one for the Saints, and then with that they go out and they get they spend good draft capital on Chris Olave. They go and they get a good, in my opinion, a very underrated receiver in Jarvis Landry, and he's going to get Michael Thomas back. So he's got low key one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL. Is he going to get Michael Thomas back though? I don't. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to get it at the beginning of the year. He'll. He'll be there. I think he plays this year. I think he plays over half the year. That's fair. I mean, I don't have anything to go against you on it. I wish it did, but uh, Michael Thomas has just been known for not suiting up for football games. Yeah, but recently. even then, Chris Olave and and Jarvis Landry. That's that's a pretty good duo. Obviously, I don't want to put too much stock in a rookie because you just never know with rookies. But he fits the bill to be successful early on. Oh, and, and it's way better than last year. That's and, a monster upgrade from last year's wide receiver core. Exactly. So so they know that Jameis is their QB1 right now, and they went out and got receivers for him. So they're invested in his success. And Jameis got chip on his shoulder. I think he does great. He's got that he's got that fancy new LASIK 2020. I, I think he's long overdue. I think he's got a great clear path to be a QB. Twelve. Do the Saints 
Going away, over under. Saints, eight wins. I'd uh, say they're about there. Uh, uh, I mean, it's over under. Which one? I'm I'm push. The only the only reason I'd say over is because oh they 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 can if Christian McCaffrey isn't playing the Panthers are a sweep, you know I'll um, give them over. Ooh, their their defense is is excellent. It has been excellent the last few years, and they're in the the NFC. The only thing that I'm what's that? They're in the NFC. I mean, they're in the NFC, which is weak, which we've established before, but. Also, the other thing, it kind of goes against Wayne's thing of I can't see him getting to QB 12. I respect the opinion. I, I see the pathway to get there. Um, but Jameis last year, he had the best, second best, what was it, second best QBR of his career or best? Second. Second best QBR of his career. But I strongly believe it's because they limited him. They didn't, they didn't let him throw a whole lot. He was very efficient with his throws when he did it. So... He only threw the ball over 30 times twice in two games last year. So I think they limit him. They don't want the ball in his hands a whole lot. So he doesn't force turnovers, make mistakes. I think it's going to be a very grinded out kind of offense. Why, why would they go out and spend high draft capital on a receiver and then go out and get a receiver like Jarvis Landry if they were still going to limit Jameis Winston? Wouldn't, wouldn't Jarvis Landry suffice or just, Chris Olave's fights if they just planned on limiting him why why spend high draft capital and get a solid receiver if you're just going to do what you did last year with him because he was obviously successful with nothing last year so why go get two three good wide receivers three reasons Lil Jordan Humphrey Marquez Callaway Deontay Harris that's not going to cut it regardless of course you restock the wide receiver room but but if they're going to limit if they're going to limit him anyways, then what's it matter? I mean, why not? Why don't me, you, and Beggs line up if he's going to be limited? He did. He did. He had, those guys he had the second good enough. He had the second best QBR of his career passing to those guys. Why? Why wouldn't they just be like, "Oh, just do it again. We'll have the same limitations on you." Come on, man. All right, come no, on. Uh, in all honesty, why? Why go get both of them? Because those guys aren't good enough. Just plain and simple. It man. was good I, enough to like, get him the second best QBR of his career. No. Yeah, because he's throwing the ball twenty times, twenty-two times, twenty-one times, and, it, and you're saying times. they're going to do that again with him. You're saying they're going to do that again. Yeah. So why? Yeah. What's the purpose of of he did it just fine with them last year? Because the efficiency probably isn't going to be there again. Why? With guys like that, they what the efficiency was there last year. I'll say. Bro. Okay, okay. Just because Peyton Manning threw for fifty-six hundred yards one year means he can do it every year, right? No, I mean, the QBR he got was the second best of his career. It's definitely repeatable. It's not like he set the world on fire. It's just the second best QBR of his career. Let me throw a counterpoint in here. How much do you have to factor in Sean Payton and Sean Payton leaving? That's a big deal. He's a top top, uh, coach in the league. I mean, it's a big deal. I'm not choosing a stock here, but I'm I'm just saying. That's a a factor here, right? Yeah, 100%. You can't call losing Sean Payton a non-factor. Yeah. I also see the pathway, though. I'm not trying to like completely dog your uh, your pick. I, I see a pathway where he gets to QB twelve. Yeah, I mean, it, the efficiency uh, that he had, hundred percent. Like, I could have taken the Goni route and picked like Dak Prescott as my late round flyer, but I didn't. I just picked James Winston. So that's my fault. You only you can only get him so late, so yeah. You know. <laughs> 
right. So the so round one we had uh who'd you have? Banks? <laughs> I had Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce. That's, a, that's a late round flyer right there. That's a late round flyer. We had um the Bills uh RB one, Devin Singletary from Goni, and we had Jameis yep. Winston from me. Uh let's let's go round the horn again, Banks. Who's your number two? I can't wait to your Goonies. So if you guys if you guys had the Saints at nine wins. Does nine wins get you the NFC wild card this year? Ooh, potentially that's... on a tiebreaker because the NFC is weak. NFC is weak, boy, very weak. weak. Nine wins can nine wins can definitely get you a wild card. I agree. Okay, well, I'm gonna piggyback off Wayne, uh, and I'm gonna go with Jarvis Landry. Uh, his his ADP is 137, which is is criminal. You know, I, we were talking before the episode and. You know, he's kind of like uh, in the mold of another guy, Jamison Crowder. He feels like he should be about 33, but he's only 29. Back end of his prime, but he's still got a lot in the tank. Uh, he hasn't finished uh, below a wide receiver three uh, since his rookie year, uh, with the exception being last year he only played 12 games. Um, Good stat. Yeah, man. I mean, Solid. Hey, hey, okay. He's consistent. He's this this guy's consistent, man, uh, and he's going in the thirteenth round, which is criminal. I do, I do think the Saints uh, are are a potential wild card team. I'm a, I agree with you guys. You can't count on Michael Thomas going on the field like Goni said. He's a rookie, man. He played Ohio State for four years. Um, usually, those kind of guys don't profile too well. We'll see. I like Jarvis. I think he's uh, Jameis' main target. And actually, there's a lot of stuff coming on OTAs that those two guys have a pretty nice rapport already. I have a question for you also on that. Do you think the Saints think that Michael Thomas is going to play this year? Just because if, if you do and if they do, is it not a little weird that they essentially get – they bring in Jarvis Landry, who is the same guy – as Michael Thomas, as far as a player goes, just possession guys. They don't stretch the field. They're not burners. They're just possession guys. And I just don't know why you would get two of them, you know, on opposite ends. That's all. So do you think Michael Thomas plays because of that? Uh, I, you know, I, what, what's his contract like? Because, I mean, why haven't the Saints – I mean, if I'm the Saints, are you not trying to dangle him in front of, in front of another team somewhere? Right? They should have did that last year, I feel like, when they were going through everything. Just get a pick. Get something, man. Like, I'm not... Uh, Michael Thomas is locked in through the 2024 season. Um, He's got an option through 2026 and an official unrestricted free agent in 2025. Um, I think he has... I I think he'll probably miss some time this year. Um, But... is it injury related or is it yeah, like I think just it's his ankle? Uh, but but just Goni's just to go against uh, me and Goni are just on. We just have different mindsets with this. Um, he believes how he believes, and I believe how I believe, and no argue, no amount of arguing arguing will fix it. He thinks that they went out and got these people because Michael Michael Thomas isn't playing. I think they went out and got these people because they feel like Jameis Winston can be successful for them. So they went and got them weapons. So that's just kind of a you know agree to disagree type of situation um, when it comes to Jameis Winston is and Chris big, Olave. Yeah, is there a big market out there for receivers who punch their teammates in the face during practice? Because if the, if so, this guy's got to get traded. He needs a fresh start, man. 
I mean, Kadarius Tony. Well, no, he didn't punch a teammate in the face. He just punched another face. Legarrette yeah. Blunt had a very successful career after punching a teammate in the face. Man, uh, ship this guy. Get him a new landscape. Give him a fresh start. He might be all right. He's getting old, man. They, they lost so much value on him. I, they got to get another good year out of him, and that's why I think he's going to play. That's in the same thing with Michael Thomas. He knows if he wants another spicy contract, he's got to get on the field. And he's what twenty nine. So he can realistically, you know, when his contract is up, we'll say, we'll say when he's 30, 31, they obviously probably will just cut ties before the 2025 season when he's officially an unrestricted free agent. I wish Dallas would throw like a six round pick at him. It might do, man. Hit up Jerry Jones. Yeah. Um, But that would, that would be an underpay for him, honestly, or maybe even in the Cowboys don't like to do that. For sure. All right, uh, Goni, round two. Chris Olave or Jarvis Landry, I like that one. That's that's pretty solid. Uh, Goni, you got boys on this one. I went, I stayed on the running back route, and I actually took Melvin Gordon for this one. He's he's going in the back of the ninth, early tenth. It's that's a far cry for a running back. All right, RB thirty seven. Other running backs in his range: Michael Carter, Rashad Penny. James Robinson, Isaiah Spiller. Did, did any of those sound good to you? I love Michael Carter. Over Mel, Melvin Gordon? You'd have, rather have him over Melvin Gordon? No. Fair I enough. Like, there. I like Melvin of all the names for sure. He finished as the RB22 in a timeshare with Javante, as you boys know. Um, I stated in previous podcasts that I think the timeshare shifts uh, more in Javante's favor this year as they kind of groom him to take over. I think Javante is the 1A, and Melvin will be the 1B this year. But as we've talked about also, Russell Wilson is in town. The offense is going to get better. I mean – Melvin Gordon costs you almost nothing in the ninth or tenth round. He he offers you a handcuff if you have Javante. He's also got standalone value where you can play him in the flex if you need to. So he's got back end RB two potential. And if Javante goes down, he's probably got back end RB one potential in that offense. So I mean, I, I like him. I like him over. I mean, Chase Claypool's also there in that round. Christian Watson, Robert Woods, and Mike Gesicki. I'd I'd rather take. Melvin Gordon over any of those guys for the upside. I would too, man. He really, you know, his utility really surprised me last year. He was he was a good player. He was he was very solid. Even as he's getting older, I mean, he's shown previously that he can catch out of the backfield when when needed. Uh, he's still a good runner. He breaks tackles. He's got some good bursts to him. And the Broncos just have a good offense. They have a great run game before Russ got there. And so, I mean, he, he can be effective. And like I said, if Javante goes down, you could have – he could be a league winner for you if Javante was to go down. Uh, I, I don't hate it. Javante just took a lot of the passing work from him last year. You know, that kind of caps his potential. But I, I, I like the pick. What do you think, Wayne? Uh, yeah, give me a guy that rushes for over 200, almost 1,000 yards and – Top ten in touchdowns. Yeah, it's not a bad late round flyer. Be top ten tutties with almost a thousand a thousand yards. Uh, same yeah. situation, just a better quarterback. So I mean, I don't see any. I don't. I don't see him getting any worse. No, no. I mean, we'll see. I like I said. I think he gives more of the workload to Javante, but. The standalone value is there. You can flex him week in and week out and see what comes of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. 
All right. Uh, who do I want to do next? Got Jameis out of the way. I'm kind of glad I got Jameis out of the way. I didn't want to save him for last. You've been dying to talk to Jameis. Yeah, I know. I should have saved him for last, shouldn't I? That's fine. That Homer Homer love right there. Yeah, you know, he didn't do anything for us, but he wasn't terrible for us, so I respect him. We we ate a few dubs on his watch. Mm -hmm. Not many. Not not a lot, but a few. Literally, literally a few dubs. It's like a kid's meal. (laughs) It's like a kid's meal. Yeah, we we weren't. uh, It wasn't a buffet of dubs, but it was a dub or dub here and there. All right, I'm going to go with, this is going to mess me all up. I'm bouncing all over this page. I'm going to go with Tyler Algier now. We'll go with him, right? Listen, he's got a clear path to be the number one. He's not now, obviously. Cordero Patterson is there. I'm just looking at this guy. I'm looking at this guy's college stats. This man set the world on fire in 2020 and 2021. I mean, he was, in 2020, he averaged like 7.5 yards per carry. Yeah, this man This man yeah. was a monster in college. The Falcons got an absolute beast in him. He's, he's stout, man, 5'11", 220. I just think that in with the Falcons quarterback situation being as shaky as it is, they're going to have to establish the run. Cordero Patterson has the talent. I just think he's getting kind of old, and he's going to need some help. So uh, Cordero Patterson, I feel like, is going to be doing a lot of motion stuff, going here and there, just like he did last year, just the utility guy. Uh, and that gives Tyler Algier more time on the field right away. If he can even replicate – 30% of what he did in college. He will see a lot of work on the field, in my opinion. He's got a clear path to the number one. They've got so many sketchy spots all across the field on that offense that if Tyler Algier is successful and with his opportunities that he's going to get, then they can use Cordero Patterson in other spots. And you, just, when you have an offense as slim as they have in an athlete like Cordero Patterson – you're gonna put a, you're you're gonna keep Corderell on the field as much as possible. But if you can move him around more and utilize Tyler Algier, uh, you have to. I think he's just got a clear path to number one, and that's on top of it. Patterson's what thirty? Yeah, he's pushed. Uh, thirty-one. This is gonna be his age thirty-one season. Thirty-one. I mean, he's 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 a geezer in in football terms. So he's a clear path to number one. I think he's a great late round flyer this year and just a phenomenal pick in dynasty leagues right now. Uh, but for redraft, he he's, he's got a clear path to number one on a, on a shaky offense, mind you. But I, I said it um, at the beginning of this episode and I'll say it every time I talk about uh, any running back, if it's an RB one on the team, on their team, they deserve a roster spot. That's just, I yeah. am with him. Wayne, I, I like the pick there, man. Um, Corderell Patterson, I don't think we see what we saw out of him last year. Like you said, he's he's going into his age 31 season. His his value didn't really come from the running game last year. Yeah. Sure, sure, he took some carries, but he he caught a lot of passes. So who's to say that Algier doesn't just come in and, you know, he's going to have to get his reps in and get acclimated to the game. But by the end of the season, we could see him as the first and second down running back, maybe the goal line guy, and then – Patterson's relegated to third down duties, passing situations, things like that. Plus Marcus Mariota, I don't I don't really think he usually has a 
has the ability to pass to the running back as much. So the Falcons also have an out after this year. They're only paying him one and a quarter mil, uh, Patterson, that is. Next year, it's four and a quarter mil. So if they like what they see out of Algier, then they could just cut ties with Patterson altogether. My only thing is just historically – his draft capital is he's a fifth round pick. Yeah. There's not a lot of guys that come out of the fifth round, but I mean, for as late as you're you're going to be picking him in a redraft or even a dynasty, um, I love I love the shot. I love the upside. Good yeah. pick. I love it too. I love it too. I watched uh, I watched him play Utah State in a game uh, last year. I, I don't know what I was doing awake that late, but that guy's a he's a monster man. He runs hard. He's he's powerful. Um, and I think that's kind of going to be what's needed with the Falcons' offensive line. They're going to be absolutely awful. Uh, so he's going to need to at least break a few arm tackles, fight through contact quite a bit. I like the pick, man. I mean, he's replacing Mike Davis, which is big shoes to fill on an <laughs> offense. <laughs> his favorite player in the game. Well, one of his many favorites. <laughs> All right. Uh Beggs, you're up again, my guy, for, for f- your third – Late round flyer, who you got? Man, I'm I'm going deep in the bowels of the draft for this one. Oh, I love uh, this it. Is, his ADP is 184. Hey, uh, that's so. what I like to hear. This Man, is a true, a true late round flyer. Hollywood Brown. Hollywood <laughs> Brown, also known as the wide receiver 13 this year. <laughs> uh, Jamison Crowder, um, 184 ADP. As I mentioned before, he's a guy that you feel like should be 35. He's 29. Um, you know, he's still kind of in the midst of his prime. Cole Beasley leads behind 112 targets. Um, if you look at Beasley's three years in Buffalo, he had 106, 107, 112 targets. I'm not sure who takes those targets uh, from the slot. I mean, he's going to be a day one starter in between Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis. To me, there's an easy path to. 90 plus target. I think it's 90 plus targets is a lock. I think he's more talented than Cole Beasley. Uh, historically, he has a little more red zone success. And you really haven't seen him with a good quarterback on a good offense. Uh, and he's still been probably the best Jets receiver last decade. Is that fair to say? It's fair. It's fair to say. There's not very many relevant ones. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I, I want to see. It's kind of a gut feeling. Um, there, there's volume here. It's a big volume play. I, not 90 targets is a lock for Jameson. What do y'all think? Bro, I just I just did the math on it, and th- that that ADP that you said or whatever it was, 15th, 16th round. I love that. That's that's great for that. That costs you nothing. This is like last pick in the draft material. Yeah. So, I mean, you can afford to definitely throw it away. I don't hate it. We saw what Cole Beasley could do when he was playing in the slot. So, uh I, I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, it, it, it's a high-powered offense. Josh yeah. Allen's going to sling the rock. They, they're, the Bills are going to be very successful offensively, and it yeah. cannot be on the back of two receivers. And at the end of the day, I, I love Gabe Davis. We all know Goni loves Gabe Davis. Uh, oh, man. But Jamison Crowder might creep up to that WR2 status. I mean, he's – I, I really thought whenever you told me he was 29, I was like, no, no, no. He's like 49. He's only 29. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. He's uh, only thing with he, he's kind of, he's on the smaller side. Little, very but, little. Uh, but man, I, I, 
I love, I'm glad you brought him up because he like just faded off into memory. Like I just, you just don't think of him. Like, and I, I guess it was because he's, he was in the bowels of Washington and then he was in the bowels of New York. This is literally his first good team that he's been on. Good off, first good offense, first good uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. I, I, you got to think the man's excited. You got to think he's going to up his game. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, so. I love I that. Think, yeah, I yeah, love that pick. To these older slot guys, man, they just seem to, to be able to fit in on any team pretty seamlessly. Quarterbacks just seem to develop a rapport. And Dawson Knox, uh, Dawson Knox being there, yeah, I mean, you got to respect it. And and the the Bills went out and got OJ Howard, my boy OJ. Yeah, Bills look all right, man. They, they they did lose their OC, but to the Giants, but I mean, Bills are gonna be good. Not as good as the Raiders, but they're gonna be good this year. <laughs> Man, I'm I'm sure OJ got to Buffalo and just took a nice breath of fresh air and thought, man, what a what a another beautiful city for me to tear my tendons and <laughs> ligaments in. It was a good name man. that I threw out. It was a good name that I threw out. Uh, all right, I, I do. I, I love Jameson Crowder. That's a good one. Uh, Goni, what you got for us? I mean, I, I feel like the timing was perfect on that. Begs, you got yours in right before I got mine in. Probably gonna lose a little bit of luster because of where you're gonna take him, but. We all know, boys, Gabe Davis. I'm on the Gabe Davis train. If you've been following along with us on these shows, Mad Mob, you saw this one coming a mile away. If you're brand new to the show, um, welcome. My name is Matt Fulgoni, also known as Goni or Gone, and I am the conductor of the Gabe Davis hype train. I drive the bandwagon, man. Hop on, ride with me. What do they say? The first step to... um... Solving a problem is acknowledging that you have a problem. Man, so. I'm getting Gabe Davis everywhere I can right now in all drafts. He's going at the end of the eighth, beginning of the ninth as the wide receiver 43. He's got, you know, he's, he's built, he's huge. He's six foot two. He's 210 pounds. He's got great speed. He's got the clear number two role in the offense. I mean, Nobody's challenging. Nobody's challenging him for that number two role. Not Jamison Crowder. Not Isaiah McKenzie, not anyone, the guy that they drafted in like the fifth round. Not worried about it. They cleared house on Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. Like I mentioned to you, they would, Beggs, last year. They did it. He plays an elite offense with an elite quarterback. We saw what he's capable of in the AFC Championship where he went off for 201 and three touchdowns. Or I'm sorry, four touchdowns. I'm not saying he's going to do that every game by any means. But... To see that he's capable of something like that is very, very exciting for the future. He's young. He's only 23 years old. And, I mean, other guys that are being drafted near where he's at, Chris Olave, Chase Edmonds, Brandon Ayuk, Hunter Renfro. Uh, I mean, maybe Hunter Renfro excites you a little bit because of the PPR value, but I'd still take Gabe Davis over all of them. Easy. Man, here's one problem with Gabe Davis. He's not had even a good regular season yet. Hasn't happened. I get it. You're planting the flag. I respect it. That's your guy. You're sticking to it. I just think that out of all those names you mentioned, I would take all of them above, except for Chase Edmonds. Um, I would even take Olave, I think, over Gabe Davis, personally. Doink bet? No. <laughs> oh, oh! What, Brandon Ayuk? No, Brandon Ayuk, doink bet. 
Brandon Ayuk versus Gabe Davis. You know you that's don't gonna, want it, dude. You know that's going to be close, right? I know it's I, not. Ayuk was just – he started the year so bad. Can we get a doink he, bet with points? What if what if Goni gave you 20 points? For He'll spot you 20 Brandon, points. Easy. He'll spot you done. 20 points. Done? Brandon Ayuk, done. Yeah. I'll so spot he, you 20 points on the, the finish, basically. And you have Ayuk, and I have my boy Gabe Davis. Uh, mad oh, mob. <laughs> we got a doink bet. We got a doink bet. Let's go. All right, so the doink bet is Begley has Brandon Ayuk plus 20 against Gabe Davis. And is this your first doink bet on Gabe Davis? No, no, absolutely not. What's your other doink bets? I have another one against him that he finishes in the top 25 with the caveat that there was no Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders. Okay. This is going back to last season. All right, I've been so, on him since middle of the year last year. Listen, uh, I guess it's my uh, my chance to – my time to pick sides. Um, I'm going with Gabe Davis here uh, based solely on the fact that Brandon Ayuk absolutely sucked last year. That man was hot garbage last year. First half of the year. First half of the year. He, he got sucked. hot. He didn't he get got hot. hot. He didn't hot. He got mild. He got he got, mi- he got very mild. He got mild. I let tr- dude, man. I had I had Brandon Ayuk last year. I had him. I drafted him, and I was he picked uh, it up late, man. He picked it up late. Pick yeah, you also know that Jimmy G is not going to be the quarterback this uh-huh. year. Got Trey Lance. I know. I know. Do you know that Trey Lance is not going to throw for four thousand yards this year like Jimmy did? I know. I know. Do you know that Debo Samuel still plays for the 49ers? Now, for now, we'll see about that. I'm just. I'm Do you looking, know that George Kittle is the number two option? Uh, so, and not so when, when you Kittle. say when you say got hot at the end of last year, like do you mean like the last two games? Because you just hated on Goni for having <laughs> a bad mean. streak of eleven weeks, and you're saying he got hot at the end of the yeah, like the two games. The third to last game, he had forty yards receiving. The fourth to last game, he had thirty six yards receiving. When when I'm looking at the end of the year, it's last literally the last two games. He he only had one game with over a hundred yards receiving. He sucked. I had him. Look at his what? In in terms of in fantasy points, look at it. Say the last, I don't know, last six last forty percent of the season. What kind of improvement did he have? I got it from like game game ten on in terms of total fantasy points over weeks one through nine. I mean, I mean, I don't have that. I'm looking at his actual game stats, no, and it I'm makes me like want to throw up. I mean, did he have a? I mean, was it? Did he improve twofold? No, what? Bro, no. he put up a lot of single digit games. Also, yes, it does man. He I, had I, he had zero I, games where he had double digit receptions. One game. One singular game where he had double-digit targets, and that double-digit target game was literally ten. He sucked, man. Volume, I hate no, him. It works out. I, 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 trust me, dude. He was on my fantasy team. I was dying for him to do good, and it just never happened. And that's the reason I'm taking Gabe Davis here because Brandon Ayuk, you burned me. You're dead to me. I understand. I mean, look. I mean, to defend my to defend myself here. I mean. Him losing Jimmy G, if you look at the numbers, I mean, that could probably only help, right? No. Uh, no. I, I like Ayuk. I think he's talented. Uh, I like the offense. Um, I like Shane Ann. We're not sure if Debo's going to be there. 
You don't know about Kittle's health. I just I'm not as high on Gabe Davis, man. He drank the Kool Aid. He hasn't had a good regular season yet. Not even a great one. He hasn't had a good one yet. He's gonna get his chance. We'll see. And, and you, you said like they kicked Sanders and Beasley off, dude. They were like 33, 32, 34, 35 years old, bro. They didn't. They were they were blocking the pathway for him, man. They're blocking they the pathway. The path is cleared. They retired. The path is clear. Yeah, path is clear. Well, again, the Bills went and got Jamison Crowder, right? Clearly, they thought their receiving court needed a little bit of help. Well, I mean, Gabe Davis doesn't play the slot, so, you know, somebody's got to. Interesting. <laughs> he should have had a shot last year, but they re-signed a geriatric Emmanuel Sanders. My third guy, Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, uh, he was strictly a gadget guy last year. He was He ranked very poorly in – Yards per reception, I think, like, in the mid-100s, like 140 or something with, like, 8.1 yards per – he had, like, less well, – his yards per reception was, like, what, 8 yards? It was something terrible. It, anyways, listen, with D-Hop out six games, the man's a, an absolute speed demon. Absolute speed demon. He ran a 4-3, but on top of that, the man can squat three times his weight. He's a monster. He caught. He was targeted 64 times, caught 54 of them. He's got a high catch percentage rate, which I understand is pretty easy when you're when you're within, you know, 10 yards. I think with uh, D Hop out, he's got a good opportunity to flash his speed, to really go downfield and establish himself as a good receiver. And once you do that, more work comes your way. I mean, it's as simple as that. I don't think, and I know Begley is cringing because. He Begley thinks that Hollywood Brown is going to get 400 targets this year uh, and about 398 receptions. And the only reason he didn't catch those two is because they were bad passes. Um, it's only, that's only a few more than what Gani projects for Gabe Davis. I don't, I don't, I don't like Hollywood Brown. I mean, I don't, I, I think he's a back end wide receiver too. I don't think he's that dude. Um, and that leaves more work for Rondale Moore. Uh, the dude, the dude's good. The dude's good. He's fast. Speed kills in the NFL. The man runs a 4-3. And with D-Hop gone, he's a great fill-in, at least for the first six. He, he might be starting while D-Hop's gone on most fantasy rosters, depending on that on how much that Cardinals offense is clicking. Because who is it? I mean, it's Rondell Moore, and it's Hollywood Brown. AJ. AJ Green. Zach Ertz. I could, I could really see Rondell AJ Moore Green. playing God, in the get slot. Get out of here, boys. AJ I mean, Green's going to get some shine bleh. for sure. Bleh. Yeah, it might not be pretty, but that's just the way that it's set up. I think they start letting Rondell. Uh, why why in the world are they not letting Rondell Moore stretch the field? I think. I mean, he's he's little, man. He's little. I, I think he's more of a slot guy. He's five seven, five know, seven, but he one eighty. He's not a big runs, boy, but he runs a four three. Let him run. I understand. Let him get in safety territory and out of linebacker territory. So you don't want to have more field to work with in the middle if you're just putting him in the slot and having him having him work? No, I'd rather just send him downfield. Start getting him more air yards, you know, because like Begley says, air yards directly yards. correlates to fantasy success. They do. I understand, but you're not going to do that with A.J. Green. You're not going to put A.J. Green in the slot. Why? A.J. Green's legs are going to turn to dust if he runs over 20 yards. 
Might as well put him I in the slot. I don't run the offense, man. I just see it and I this relay. listen. This is my late round flyer. I'm you know I'm not I'm not taking Devin Singletary's and Gabe Davis's. I'm not taking RB ones and WR twos as my late round flyers. All right, I'm taking WR threes, WR fours, you know RB twos, RB three. That's who I'm taking, and I'm just saying there is a clear path to where this guy can be very successful this year if used correctly. I might, like pick I might have to call. I might have to call Cliff. Let him, oh, know, he's, let him know he's doing I, it. Wrong. I didn't say I, I didn't like the pick, man. I was just saying he's not going. I don't think he'll be used on the outside like that. That's all. That's um, not saying that he he can't do the things you want him to. The main thing that I I see when I look at him is he just didn't get a lot of opportunity last year. Looking at his his snap share, man, he only had one game that he his highest was eighty one percent. The rest of the season, he didn't have more than 61% of the snaps all year. He missed the last three games of the season, and they just didn't utilize him. So, I mean, I'm not dogging your pick at all. I just, It's just they don't use him enough, and I could definitely see them using him this year. I personally think it'll be in the slot. You might think otherwise. Or uh, when, D-Hop, that- when D-Hop comes back, I think he slides right back into the slot. Obviously, he's not going to take he's not going to take over Hollywood or, or DeAndre's spot outside. Uh, my thing is, I've read a lot of good things about Rondell Moore off the field and his work ethic. If he gets any better, I mean, he got 64 targets on such a low snap share. There's a clear path for a 100 target season for him this year. Especially with D-Hop out. Six games. 100. Clear path. 64, 64 targets last year, man. 64 targets last year, and he wasn't on the field hardly at all. I think he can easily get 100 targets this year with Diop out six, game, six games. If he gets 100 targets, then that means either Diop – well, probably, I see what you're saying, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I like him, dude. I think I, I agree with going. I think he is a slot guy primarily. I think they, he's a gadget player. They move him all around the field. Uh, do a lot of jet sweeps, that kind of stuff with him. But, I mean, I like the pick. Yeah, they got to put the ball in his hands. Got to yeah. put the ball in his hands more. Yeah, and Which I'm not. I'm not denying most of his fantasy value is is going to be at the front end of the season, and on the back end, sure. obviously. But that's my guy. Uh, so we are through three. Let me see. Let's who do I get? Jameis Winston, Rondell Moore, Tyler Algier. Yeah, we're halfway done, and yeah. we're 50 minutes into this podcast. Oh lord, we're going deep. We're going, deep. we're going deep. Uh, Begs, give me number four. Man, you know, though, I, just personally, I, I, I kind of like these type of podcasts better than some of the rankings if, if I'm a listener, you know, just because these are these are where leagues are won, in my opinion. You know what I mean? The depth. I mean, obviously, you got to nail your first pick or two uh, to have a chance, but uh, these, are, these are where, you know, you can really get some good advice. Uh, my, my fourth guy... I'm going to look up his ADP really quick. They don't have it in front of me. Is uh, Darrell Henderson for the Rams? Um, let me explain myself. We all know you hate Cam Akers and his Achilles. His ADP is 140. Hates him. I, I like it, though. I like the pick. It's, yeah, he's, got a clear, he's got a clear path to some success for sure. This guy threw – he got hurt week 12 last year. Through week 12, he was an RB1. Um He's proven he can do it. He catches the ball well out of the backfield. Was he? he was an RB1 yeah. through week 12? Yes. Uh, he catches hmm. the ball well, goal line back. Uh, he kind of does it all. Doesn't really have a whole lot of holes in his game. Uh, Goni Win, I'm going I'm to give you guys a challenge here. I'll have a little integrity about you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I pulled all the running backs who injured their Achilles for the last 10 years. <laughs> Can you guys name five of them? Say it again. Who, who injured their Achilles? Over the la- running backs who injured their Achilles the last 10 years. See if you can name five of them. Marlon Mack. Yeah. Cam Akers. Yeah. Deonta Foreman. Yep. Um, and then a couple scrubs, really. I'm just thinking of other scrubs. Wayne, any guesses? Uh, every Those time are just I- the guys that came... Yeah, to, to mind right away. Like I just I have millions of Achilles or ACL tears in my head. Oh, Julio Jones. Yeah, running backs only. Oh, running backs only. Um, no, nah, I'm spent, bro. Okay, I'm gonna throw a few names out here. Do you guys remember Mike Lashore? Do <laughs> I remember that name? Forty ers I thought he was a Patriot. Well, he didn't play. No. Daya uh, <laughs> Crowell. Oh, I remember him. Yeah, Beanie Wells from the Cardinals. You guys remember that name? Arian Foster was definitely more relevant. He was actually a stud. Beanie Wells, I remember him coming out, though, for the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, These are pretty much the running backs who injured their Achilles. They all were essentially done. Uh, the The only one who actually had 80 touches after their Achilles injury was a guy named Andre Brown back in 2010. Point being, Keeley's injuries for running backs is a death wish. You just lose your explosiveness, man. Uh, Rams are a, they're a zone running offense. It's a one cut. You have to be explosive to the hole. You didn't see it out of Cam Akers last year when he came back in the playoffs. Maybe he gains the trust. I'm betting that he doesn't. Give me Darrell Henderson. I think he has a chance to be the RB1, at least get 60-40, 65-35 in the offense by the end of the year. I'm I'm okay with that just uh, based on the injury perspective. I just I, I think there's so many gaps in that Achilles argument, man, because you just don't know. I don't know the age of any of those guys, or I can, or I can just, the or or the talent that. that they had coming out of of college. I just I, there's just so many what ifs when it comes to that argument. But as far as Darrell Henderson, he he did he was great in Cam Akers' absence. Um, and the Rams would be foolish just to forget that he's on the roster uh, when Cam Akers comes back. So, so I like that pick for sure. There was a an independent study done um, from a couple MDs on Achilles injuries in NFL players, and they found across all players that there was a 23% decrease in performance. I don't know how they measured it. I didn't read everything but a 23% decrease in performance after an Achilles injury. Uh, I'm, I'm betting on Cam Akers to, to seed a lot of his work this year. That's fair. I mean, I, I like the pick more so because it's, it's a great insurance pick to me. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a handcuff, whatever you want to call it. Cam Akers, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I chose him as my, Back end RB2 as the 24th, just taking a shot on him. I like the upside, but I also understand, man, we don't have really any relevant names that have ever made it out of the Achilles injury and been successful. So, I mean, like I was saying with the Cam Akers thing, they're going to give Cam Akers the ball because McVay loves him. Sure. That's only going to work for so long. 
If you go three, four games or so with just feeding Cam the rock and he's averaging 2.6 yards a carry or whatever it was, like he was through the playoffs, McVay ain't going to stand for that. Nope. So, I mean, I, I like it. And like you said, Henderson was really good last year in the absence. So uh, it's a good pick, bro. Yeah, solid. So, all right. My next guy up that I have is Marquez Valdez Scantling, wide receiver Ooh. for the Chiefs. He is currently being drafted at the end of the 11th, beginning of the 12th round, as the wide receiver 58. So, we all know Tyreek's gone. It's going to free up 159 targets this year. They still have Patrick Mahomes, right? They brought in Juju. They brought in MVS. They have Cole Hardman. They've had Meikle for years. It's going to be his fourth year in the league. He, they've given him opportunities before. He hasn't really done much with them. They felt the need to go out and get two other wide receivers. They signed Juju to a one-year deal for three and a quarter million. Yeah, prove He's it got deal. incentives. He's he, yeah, I'm, it's a prove it deal. Another prove it deal for him. No one really wants to sign him to a long-term deal, all right? No one, no one is convinced. He's got incentives to make it to ten million. But they went out and they gave MVS three years, $30 million. So let's just follow the transactions here. Let's follow the money. And you have to think that the Chiefs believe MVS is probably going to be their guy to be the number one wide receiver. He's he's six foot four. He's really fast. He showed flashes before in Green Bay. He's never really had been super consistent. But he's shown flashes of greatness here and there. Chiefs like to throw. Uh, and I mean... I just like him. I think he's going to emerge as the Chiefs' number one wide receiver this year. And I think he is the better pick when you're looking at other guys this late in the draft, such as George Pickens, Rashad White, Jarvis Landry, and Jacoby Myers. Did you say number one wide receiver? For the Chiefs, yeah. I think he's going to be the team's number one. Well, you know how much I love air yards. This guy's a pure air yards hog, right? That's what he does. I, I think you know what he is, right? I mean, he's played with Aaron Rodgers in a good offense. He's going to drive you absolutely crazy because one week he might get you 20, the next he'll get you two. Um, you really think he's the number one there in terms of fantasy points or total in what metric is he the best? Just I over- mean, the, the stats will lead – I mean, whether you say stats or fantasy points, the stats and fantasy points are going to correlate with each other regardless. So, yeah, I think I think he's the number one wide receiver option. Obviously, I think Kelsey is going to be the man there, the number one passing option. But uh, like I said, they spent the money on him. They went out. They got their guy. I don't know if it was necessarily the right guy in this wide receiver market we had, but I like him to lead the team. And yeah, I'll, I'll say that. I think he leads the wide receiver room in fantasy points come the end of the year. Okay. I like it. Uh, it's uh, that's, that's an interesting pick for me and, and I like it. Uh, it's, it's not interesting in terms of, I don't see it. I definitely see it. Um, MVS is a lucky guy, man. Goes from a great quarterback to a great quarterback. That rarely happens in anybody's career. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, Tyreek left a big hole in that offense that they need him to fill. But, uh, I mean, uh, Byron Pringle's gone too. Uh, everybody thought Byron Pringle was going was gonna to take off for the Chiefs whenever Tyreek was gone, and then, boom, he's off to the Bears. Poor guy. 
Uh, but the thing with so, Byron Pringle is he he vacated five touchdowns. Five touchdowns is a good amount for a guy that only got targeted sixty times. Uh, that's that's a decent amount of touchdowns that are open up. Um, I think MBS can get some of those deep touchdowns like like Byron Pringle got, uh, and if he gets you know five of Byron Pringles and then just you know three or four of what Tyreek got, he's looking at a very successful year uh, and can definitely encroach on a back end uh, WR two comfortably. Uh, I, I like that pick a lot. I think MBS is is very under the radar to be in the eleventh round. I think he's, I think his value is more ninth round personally. Uh, so that's that's a solid pick for me. Yeah, I like it. Go. That's that's a good flyer. Chiefs and Dolphins. I'm excited it's, to see Chiefs. And Dolphins. It's as late as two. I can respect it, man. The, the AD the ADP for MBS is eleven. He's been out here giving us top tier players for some reason in our late round flyers i'm just i just appreciate a late an actual late round flyer thanks thanks for getting he finally me. found his way to the back of the draft i tell you I what, mean, boy. man rb 37s and 32s are super early man it was hard to listen to goni um all right let's go with uh you know you all know who i'm saving for last so i'm saving up last for bags because it's just gonna set them off i'm gonna let him i'm gonna let him in the podcast real salty <laughs> Um, I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. Love it. Bang, bang. Uh, Michael Gallup, he, he commanded over 100 targets in 2019 and 2020. Over 100 targets each each year. Uh, obviously, he was hurt last year. Uh, he's only 26. Uh, he's the clear number two in uh, an extremely pass-heavy offense. Dak ranked uh, ninth in passing with 596 attempts, and, and Amari Cooper uh, accounted for 104 of those. Um, so he's definitely, um, going to, if healthy again in 2019, 2020, he got over a hundred targets, 2021, he got hurt 2022. He's healthy again. Amari Cooper's gone. He's a lock in my opinion for a hundred over a hundred targets again. And if he can just, man, if he can just figure out how to hold on to the ball once it hits him in the hands. The man's going to be a clear WR2. I think he can work his way up to mid-tier if the Cowboys' offense can be what they think it's going to be, a pass-heavy offense um, based solely on CD and Michael Gallup. I love it, man. Um, I mean, as Goni likes to say, you can follow the the transactions. The Cowboys bet on Gallup, man. He's our clear wide receiver, too. He got paid. Uh, we chose not to go sign any big free agents as of yet. Um, so right now, Gallup, I mean, they're betting on him. I, I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. the pick as well, man. Uh, I remember back in 2019 where you thought this guy, after that, after 2019, he finished as the wide receiver 22 on the season, and it just felt like he was going to absolutely set the world on fire. And lo and behold, though, in the next draft, the Cowboys took C.D. Lamb, so it kind of pushed him down in the pecking order. So I think getting rid of Amari Cooper is definitely good for him. He only scored six touchdowns that year. He had 1,100 yards to get to wide receiver 22. I think that's definitely attainable now that he's back up to the wide receiver two on his own team. So yeah, I, I love the pick, especially for where you get him. I think he's got plenty of upside. Um, just needs to stay healthy. 
Yep, I agree. I want to say the Cowboys spent a first-round pick on Michael Gallup, too. I really want to say that. Can anybody quickly fact-check me on that? So there's a lot. Of, I know that, I know we have a lot of draft capital on him. I want to say he was a first-rounder. If did not, they sign was... him to an extension or no? Yeah. yeah. Did, did they recently? That's what it would have to be because he's going into his fifth year right now. Yes. And so it wasn't. It's not an option year. I'm pretty sure they did. They did lock him up for a couple more years. Just this is just off the top it, of my head. He, he signed. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was a five. It was a five year. He just signed, right? Right. It was long term. Was, uh, I, th- I think it's five year extension that he just signed. I should know this. Can somebody look up the? It is a five year. He's a not. He's signed through the twenty twenty six season. Yeah, he got he got the bag. Um, as far as his other transactions to get him, well, yeah. Dra- what what draft? He was he was drafted by Dallas in round three. Three third round. I don't know why I thought first. I don't know. Um, you're not a real fan. Decent draft cap. Yeah, I don't know why I was eighty one. Eighty one overall. Fake fan. Yeah. Um, you need to know guy, exactly my... where all of your skill players are drafted in the exact position. Man, I know I'm disappointed in myself. I don't know why I thought that. Uh, it is 4.30 in the morning. Uh, honestly, Begley, uh, fun fact, Begley's uh, uh, an absolute madman when it comes to just guessing what player. Uh... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, it's a legitimate compliment. I, 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 could, I could, if you are a decent NFL player, Begley probably knows where he played college ball. Yeah. It's fast. a great talent. I mean, I, I want to see, I want to do it. I want to do it right now. I just want to pull out a random, random player and give it to him. But if he doesn't get it right, then I look stupid. <laughs> give me three. Try me. Okay. I'll say I, I, I think I can get two out of three. I'll start with somebody I already talked about. Uh, Goni, tell me if these are too easy. Uh, we'll go with LeGarrette Blunt. Oregon. Was that too easy, Goni? I mean, I knew that one. Okay, yeah, it's too easy. Let's see. I'm not a big college guy. Uh, Rex Burkhead? Ooh. Okay. You, you know the name. I'm going to think on that one. That's a good one. Um, I was going to give you Julian Edelman, but he retired, and I think that's pretty it's easy, too. Funny. Yeah. Tom Brady. Everybody shut up. Nope. Oh, man. baby. I need somebody. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Florida State. No. Florida State, right? Give him uh, another one and all that. Yeah. Is. Yep. No, he's right. Florida he's State. Florida State. See what Rex we're saying? Burkhead, though, man. I want to say Rex Burkhead is out of some podunk, like, ah. Uh, I, I don't know why. But Rex Burkhead's taking me to UTEP. No. no. Am I close? Am I in the right geographic area? Uh, Yeah. I think. <laughs> it's a small school, right? No, no. No. It's a big it school. Hey, when, it, when he played no, there. No, it is. Uh, come on, dude. When he played there, it was. Uh, eh, man. You're, you're going to know about it. We're going to tell you, and it's gonna you're going to kick yourself over it. I feel like I'm in the right area, man. I feel like he's in the southern. It wasn't SEC, though. Uh, well, it's not really. I mean, Midwest. Oh, I just found out that I share a birthday with Rex Burkhead. July 2nd. 
Hang on a second. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm. I'll throw one more guess out there for Rex. We can go on for. I'm going to say Iowa State. Nah. Nebraska oh. Cornhuskers. Nebraska. I wonder if he played running back there. If he was a convert. Interesting. That that one stumped me. I'll be honest. That was a good one, Wayne. Um. Well, he's he's old, man. He's old. I know. I know. Well, I you see, don't. And I had a few, but I I definitely can't give you any any SEC guys. I was going to give you Sony Michelle, but if it's anybody that played in the SEC in the last couple decades, and you'll snag those pretty pretty instantly. Okay, I'll say this off the top of my head. I don't know where my next guy went to college. Um, Russell Gage. Was that a pretty good segue there? Was that clean? Like that was a, very nice. As a whistle. As a uh, whistle. If I if I had a whistle uh soundboard thing to play right now, it I'd I'd do it. Louisiana I, State, by the way. LSU, okay. Oh, why uh, why'd you say that, dude? Just because, man. Say LSU, man. Who who Louisiana State. Who says Louisiana State when they're talking about LSU? Get out of here, man. Louisiana State University. Uh, I like Russell Gage this year, boys. Um, I don't. I'm not going to throw any fancy stats out at you. Uh, I'm just going to go off my gut on this one. Uh, with Godwin possibly missing a few a few games, uh, kind of you know weaning him back into full strength. It's really him and Mike Evans, especially if Gronk doesn't play. Um, Tom Brady. I mean, he essentially persuaded him to sign in Tampa. Uh, so so Tom's got an interest in him. I think he's probably what one of the better slots. I think I mean obviously besides Welker and, and Edelman, but he's a I think he's a great slot player. He profiled well with Ridley and Julio in Atlanta, Matt Ryan. Uh, great passing offense. I mean, I'm taking a flyer on Russell Gage in every draft this year. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, look at what Tom Brady does with slot guys. Yeah. Uh, look what he did with Scotty Miller, AB, all those, all these random guys that they just kind of throw in between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm a Tampa guy. Tampa's my team, so I, I look at all the stuff. So I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Tom Brady is coming out saying uh, Russ has to have a big year for us this year. Uh, TB said uh, it's a very important. The slots are very important. Uh, role for an offense that throws the ball as much as we do, and when Russ is out there, there's going to be a lot of work for him. That came straight from the QB's mouth. So, so I love that pick. Love it. Go. On. Yeah, same dude. I mean, the offense is just going to keep on rolling. You have Tom Brady. He's made a whole bunch of guys that weren't good look good, mm-hmm. and Russell Gage is better than that. I mean, he, he showed out kind of last year for the Falcons for the time that he was there. The Bucks gave him three years, 30 mil, so they believe in him enough to pay him like that. And I think he's going to be um, just a very safe bet, honestly, for, for good production, and especially where you're going to get him late in the draft. I think that it's great. Plus – we've mentioned before, I'm pretty sure Wayne has as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aficionado over here, but Evans and Godwin just, they don't play a whole season together. Hmm. So if one of those guys goes down, Russell Gage's value shoots up dramatically. So 
Yeah, great. It's it's a good insurance pick. It's a good flex play, uh, probably on a weekly basis, man. I like it. It's a good pick, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. So taking uh, that, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and go into my next one. It'll be Kenny Galladay. Feels gross. I looked at him. I looked at him. I looked at him. Feels gross. But he's he's going right now in the 11th round of the draft. For a reason. Wide receiver 54. All right. He is the Giants' number one wide receiver, and he is the wide receiver 54. Yeah. All right. Says a lot. I mean, the Giants gave him the bag. They He, he didn't do great. He was in the first year of a four-year, $72 million deal last year. He finished as the wide receiver 79, and he gave him zero touchdowns. It's not what you're paying $18 million a year to get out of a guy like that. So they bring in Brian Dable as the head coach. He was the the Bills offensive coordinator for the last four years, for those of you guys who might not be familiar with him. He helped them grow into what they are today, moved uh, Josh Allen along. What you got, Wayne? Hey, I got to cut you off for a second. Beggs, are you snacking right now? I'm trying to stay awake, man. Bro, are you He's snacking right snacking, now? Bro. Oh, my He's been gosh. snacking for the last seven Goni's out here. Goni's out here trying to give his late-round flyers, and I'm looking over at Begley just snacking. Just just eating snacks, Crunching man. Crunching in the mic. I, apo- I, apo- I apologize, Goni. Con- continue with what you're saying. Man. Ridiculous. Oh, man, man. Oh, I apologize. Somewhere, <laughs> I was somewhere along the lines of Brian Dable molding the offense. Whatever. He's the head coach now for the Giants. Galladay, man, he's 6'4". He's a deep ball threat. He's a 50-50 ball monster. I loved him when he was with the Lions. I thought he was phenomenal, and I expected great things out of him when he came to the Giants. We haven't seen it. Not going to lie. He and Daniel Jones both need to stay healthy this year. And just personally, in the 11th round, man, you're not paying a lot. I like to take the shot on a, a number one wide receiver for a team. And you can honestly do worse. I mean, George Pickens, Hunter Henry, just to name a couple guys that are, you know, in that area for where you're going to be selecting him. That's why I'll take him, really. Number one wide receiver that far back in the 11th. I hate it, but, I mean, for a late-round flyer, I love it, I guess. It's hard to say. He's a WR1 in a terrible offense with a terrible quarterback. If From a strictly volume perspective, he definitely can add value to your team. I just – He's a late round flyer. You can't hate on it. He's WR one at the point you're getting him. You you gotta like him. If if Kenny Galladay is sitting on your bench, you ain't mad about it. Right. From a volume perspective, you just it's just a what what are the Giants going to be for me this week type of play. But yeah, for for where you're getting him, for Kenny Galladay to be a bi week fill in guy, um, I, I ain't mad about it. Yeah, I don't really have any comment on him, man. I mean. I'll let Goni take the chance on him. He is a good flyer. I mean, he's just got to stay stay healthy, man. He's hurt all the time. Yep. Hey, man. It's fair. Yeah, that that whole offense just needs to stay healthy. But uh, you can't dog it. Uh, you can't dog it because it's a late no. round flyer. Uh, and yeah. I agree. I agree with where Goni's picking him. <laughs> I, mean, I I feel like we have to uh, talk ourselves into not dogging. Yeah, because they're late round flyers. They're late round. It's hard to dog late round flyers because that's their purpose. But he's a WR one in an offense in an NFL offense. Yeah, it doesn't. He doesn't deserves a roster great, spot. But you find the value by 
if they outperform their ADP, that's that's a win. He's there's not 53 other guys, in my opinion, that are going to outperform him. Is there? Is he? Does he end up the best wide receiver on the Giants this year in terms of total fantasy points? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who else? Sterling Shepard. Oh dang! I don't have to do that anymore. Hang on. Or who? Tony? Did you say Tony? Yeah. Matt's his I mean, only. He's, he's raw and, got, and he has the upside. It's just, we'll see. I, I think the volume is going to win out for Galladay. Agree. Yeah. Agree. All right. My number five. I think y'all are going to like this one. We've talked about him before, but his ADP is back there. I'm not sure. Well, obviously we know why. I got Alexander Madison. One of my, nay, my favorite handcuff. Not one of them. He's my favorite handcuff. Love him. Uh, he averaged 105 yards per game when Dalvin Cook did not play. The Vikings committed. They're they they're committed to both running backs. Uh, in my opinion, this could be another Nick Chubb, Cream Hunt type of duo. This year, listen, they've got de- – it's Alexander Madison's uh, contract year, right? Am I, am I correcting that? You are. They got Dalvin Cook for another three years. They got a, pres- a blackout term, a little inside joke. They got to preserve the merits. You know what I'm saying? They got to preserve mm. Dalvin Cook. They got to make sure he's going to last. I think they split a lot of carries this year. Dalvin Cook is the work. When I say split, calm down, Goni. Dalvin Cook is the workhorse. He's definitely. I, I've got. A, what did I have him as a top top five running back? Yeah, I think you and I were had him both up at like four. So Crazy. yeah, let me reel back. When I say split split carries, I don't I don't mean it's it's going to be a Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt situation exactly or a Melvin Gordon Javante Williams type of deal. I just think Alexander Madison is used more in the offense, whether that's Dalvin Cook um, being schemed more for the passing game, which I also think is going to happen. And, and another reason I had him rank so high in my running back rankings, I just don't think he's relegated completely to um, injuries. I think he's used a little bit more. Not He's not worth a, he's not worth a start while Dalvin Cook is playing, uh, in my opinion. But if Dalvin Cook goes down, this man's an RB1, period. Man, I love Madison. Um, I, I love him more in Dynasty. I think I do redraft. I actually tried to get him um, in, the, in our Dynasty League, but the guy wouldn't come off of him. But I, I like him, man. I mean, I think he's shown talent when he's had the opportunity. He's just just stuck behind Dalvin. Yeah, 100, 105 yards per carry without Dalvin. My my thing, too, is... That's a uh, lot of yards per carry, bro. Per carry. he's a beast he's pretty much the best and just give him the ball it's a touchdown um the vikings have the 20th uh ranked strength of schedule this year that's a lot of running i just think in in the games where they're just running to preserve the clock i think they're just gonna start just feeding alexander madison a little bit more just to preserve dalvin cook i think that's fair Uh, not much and again he doesn't. He doesn't warrant a start ever if Dalvin Cook is playing, but his his injury upside is better than any other running back in the NFL. Yeah, he's a, he's a handcuff man. He's he's probably 
people would argue it's either him or Tony Pollard. We've seen, I mean, Dalvin Cook hasn't played a full season ever. So we've seen Alex Alexander Madison shine a little bit. Tony Pollard, Zeke hardly ever misses games. The man was playing on a torn PCL last year and was still sitting like out there on the field trudging, taking carries. So we haven't really got to see what Tony Pollard can do while he's carrying all the duties. So for me, Alexander Madison is definitely the better of the two. And like you said, man, when he's out on the field, he's great. Uh, I I do think Dalvin Cook is going to continue to be the focal point of the offense. Hundred percent. But they just they just run so well. Alexander Madison can catch out of the backfield. He can run. He can hit the holes. He's he's good. He can do it all. And I, I like the pick also. Split carries was bad terminology. Uh, I didn't. You know. No, we know what you meant. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we know. What you meant. I I could see them. I agree with you on that. I think we can see them use. Uh, Madison more to salt away some of the games where they have the lead, like you mentioned. I, I can see it there. Trudging is the best way to describe whatever Zeke did last year. Nice Come work. PCL, man. Tear your PCL like, one time and see how you trudge. He looked like he had tied a 45-pound plate uh, to a chain and wrapped that around his waist all year. Man, what's that say about the rest of the league since he finishes like the RB6, RB7? Zeke, uh, wild, Zeke is huh? getting hate, boy. Zeke is getting hate, and he's been fine. He just, he didn't. He ugly. didn't destroy the world. He didn't scorch the earth to everyone's liking, and he finished as a mere RB six or seven no. last year on a torn PCL. Shame he, on you. He 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 gets a lot of passing work, and he is the goal line back. Um, He's reverse and, jinxing. You know, I got it. I got your base. No, no, no. Well, listen, it, it's an eye test play. Zeke did not look right last year. It I, makes I, sense because he had a torn PCL. I know, but what <laughs> is he trudged on it. He looked terrible. Oh my god, he wasn't. He wasn't shifty. He wasn't making those cuts on his bum knee. Man, Michael, how Michael, dare Michael, he? He's I would watch Michael Thomas straight up right now. What's that? I said I, I'd consider trading him for Michael Thomas straight up right now. It's a win. You're wild. You're absolutely wild. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Seven wall, man. What a Cowboys! What a Cowboys fan to say. The RB7 last year. He's never finished worse than the RB13 in his career. It's disrespectful. Uh, I'm not trading him in a fantasy perspective. I'm talking in a real-life situation. If Dallas were to flip Zeke for Michael Thomas with the Saints, I would think that's a win for Dallas. Uh, Goni, Goni, let me, let, me offend some, uh, let me offend some people really quick. Uh, well, you know, how to, you know how I feel about the fantasy you know, community. If you get offended easily at this kind of stuff, then you're just soft. Who has the worst fan base in sports? Is it Alabama? Is it Ohio State? Is it Cowboys? Is it Knicks? Oh, like Lakers? the most unbearable fan yeah. base? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be the Cowboys. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking sure. about all these people, and I'm fine with like Ohio State's don't bother me. The Dukies don't bother me. The camera no. crazies don't bother me. It's them Cowboys fans, man. Merck's team. Yeah. Marcus team. It's because yeah. it's not you know, my team. If, if we if we break it down, it's not my team either. The Patriots are the real America's team. Let's be real. They're yeah. they're not. But anyways, Alabama backs it up. Ohio State backs it up. The Cowboys show up for I don't know twelve weeks during the regular season. They get to the playoffs and they pack up and go home. Man, Ohio State definitely they the most have- the most unbearable fan base, and I stand by it. It's hey, man, Ohio State has won in the playoffs over the last 10 years. How about that? 
Oh man. Hey, and and listen, Cowboys fans, don't just turn it off and get mad. We've got a Cowboys fan. Support your Cowboys fan in here. He's getting tag teamed. You know, drop a comment and tell. Let me and Goni know how we're how we're wrong, and then I'm gonna immediately comment back saying how wrong you are, and it's fine. Yeah, you can tell me the Patriots suck too. I know there's a lot of haters out there. Well, it since Cowboys are America's team, I'm sure there are quite a few fans. Yeah, all bandwagons. Um, man, Zeke just he just uh, infuriating to watch last year. Let's just put it that way. He looked like he was 15 pounds overweight. Listen. We just he had a bum knee. He's he's what just not getting get? it. What a Cowboys fan. What a Cowboys fan. Just ignoring facts. Just ignoring the fact that the man had like an injury. Just don't play. Sit out. He was the RB6. No, no, I, I understand. I'm talking about from a real life perspective. Sit we don't out care about the real life perspective. We care about the fantasy. Yeah, you want you this want is mad fantasy, fantasy football podcast. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like that's what Dummy. I don't understand. You think because he's a professional athlete, he should be running at peak performance at all times, even though his no ligaments I, are torn. What I'm torn saying ligaments. Is, what I'm saying is, with the way the Cowboys started the year last year, he could we could have afforded to have Zeke miss a few games. Pull a Kawhi Leonard, rest your body, come back healthy. But he outperformed every other running back in the league, aside from five or six others. Bro, let someone let me and Wayne come over and give you a dead leg in each of your legs, and you run across your yard and see how good you look. Well, if you shoot me up with Toradol and give me more things, you'll fall flat on your face, man. I'll, I'll run through a wall like the Juggernaut, man. Hey. All right, listen. You might fall through a wall like the Juggernaut. You ain't running through nothing. <laughs> my number six guy, my favorite. <laughs> good segue, man. My favorite. He's a guy I have to have this year. I've actually got him on one of my rosters. I'm super, super high on him. Have to have him. His ADP is is absurdly low. I think it's uh, 148. Let me just triple check that really quick. Should have had that ready. Start talking about Zeke. 141 is his ADP. And that is Naheem Hines of the Colts. Uh, in the offseason, Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, and Frank Reich both came out independently and said, we got to get this guy the ball. Uh, Frank said he'd like to have him uh, catch the ball about 60-plus times this year, um, which uh, you know has me excited, um, which is pretty in line with what he did in 2020 uh, with Phillip Rivers. Uh, he had 63 catches on 76 targets, finished as RB15 in PPR. Even finished as RB24 in standard. Um, he is a pure scat back. Uh, I think he is an elite receiver. He was kind of shoved out of the offense last year with Carson Wentz, uh, who just threw the ball downfield, did not really check it down much. I think this guy's going to get a lot of opportunity with Matt Ryan. You saw what Matt Ryan did with Cordero Patterson last year. Um, I love Naheem Hines. Absolute must draft for me. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't hate it. I don't hate it at all, especially with Matt Ryan coming to town. I know Wayne mentioned, I think, on one of our running back shows that it's just the curse of the old statue quarterbacks where they just chuck it to the running back just repeatedly. They're not mobile anymore, so they just throw it there. You've seen it with Roethlisberger, it, Matt Ryan, if Eli there's Manning. A sniff, there. If there's no. a sniff it, of a sack, he's he's shovel passing yeah, that thing out of there. Open it off. 
So, I mean, I, I like it. it. The PPR value is, is way high. You're getting them super late. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. I love them. 60 catches is a lock for top 24. It's a lock. Ugh. I don't know, man. I don't think he has the rushing numbers to support that. Okay. That's just me. I think 36 is attainable, but uh, I don't know about 24. That's just me, though. On 60 catches? Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. He's That's not going to get any he's, rushing he's, work. He's going to get no rushing yeah, work. Yeah, he's, he's not going to break six, 700 yards and have, you know, three. He's not going to have, like, any rushing touchdowns either. He might have a couple, but he's not going to sniff a thousand yards rushing with those 60 catches. That's all. When, when the, he's not Austin Eckler, bro. Even Austin Eckler hits 50, 59 yards a game rushing. All right. Love Naheem Hines. Love him. That's fair. Not a bad pick. I like it. All right, he's so not I'll sniffing top 24 ever, but go ahead. I mean, he, he did two years ago, so <clears throat> go ahead, go. <laughs> hey. In the future, I mean, we're not worried about two years ago. So I'm gonna again. Go ahead, go. Fair enough. Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon is my last pick here. Dag on it, man. Strong. What's wrong? Because uh, I was saving a tight end for last. Now I look yes. like I'm swagger jacking. Yes. Got there. Let's go. He's currently going at the end of the 13th, early 14th round. He's the he's the tight end 21 right now, according to the ADP. All right, Devontae Adams leaves town, we all know. Brees up 169 targets, boys. They have Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Sammy Watkins as their passing options. Ugh. That's all I have to say <laughs> about that is, ugh. Like, Rodgers, he trusts Tunyon, especially near the end zone. We've seen Tunyon be productive before. He finished as the tight end four two years ago, scoring 11 touchdowns. All right, I mean... He tore his ACL last year midseason, but he looks like he's probably going to be back for week one. He's recovering nicely. The offense is still going to be in good hands. Aaron Rodgers is still a quarterback. He's going to spread the ball around. They're still going to like to throw. And I think Tunyon can be a top tight end for super cheap. So I, I like him. If you're just loading up on running back and wide receiver depth through all these middle rounds and you forget about the tight end and stuff, I think he's a – an excellent late round pick to be an every week starter for you. Uh, what Tanya did two years ago is better than anything Gabe Davis has done in his professional career. Man, always looking to hate on Gabe Davis. More opportunity, we're, so we're, it makes sense. We're talking about More tight ends. Field, man. We're talking about tight ends. He's got to bring Gabe Davis into this. I know. Listen, Just Zeke had a punches. torn PCL. Let it go, man. The hatred. Why does he hate every player that I love? I uh, no, I don't. I don't go. I'm with you on Mike Williams. I just, it's, which is surprising. He typically always agrees with you. I do. I'm no. I'm normally Team Goni through and through, man. Just, I'm not there on the Gabe Davis love. Not, not quite yet. I love how you compared a an offense where only one tight end runs out and catches passes to an offense where three, sometimes four wide receivers run out and catch passes. <laughs> Throwing a lot of shade at Mercedes Lewis there, man. Yeah, he's not good. He was drafted a long time ago to the Jaguars to be great, and he never got there. Never. Never Mar- got there. Mercedes. Uh, yeah. I like Agoni, but, uh, you know, it's it's hard to uh, think Robert Tunyon's going to do a lot when Aaron Jones is out here winning the MVP. 
um, for all the offensive work he's getting. And and AJ Dillon apparently running for a thousand yards. No, well. I didn't say that. Um, I didn't say that. No, no, Beggs did. I know Beggs said, said it. I, said I know Beggs said it. Is a possibility. You have Aaron Jones for MVP. Beggs has AJ Dillon for MVP and Pat Fryermuth for Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth. There's only one award, man. Going, we talked about it before the podcast. Honest question. You say Tunyon, the fact that you have him on, on this list means you think he could be a top 12? I do. Tight end. So you're saying that would you be comfortable drafting Tunyon as your only tight end? Yeah. I mean, if you're drafting him in the 13th or 14th, then yeah, absolutely. Okay. I was just, I was just curious. Yeah, I would. Okay. I'd be down with that. I, me personally, when I've been drafting recently, I've done two two startups here. I, I aim for Dalton Schultz. But if I don't get him, Cole Komet's a guy I go for, and Robert Tunyon is another I go for. Pass on Cole Komet, man. Justin Fields effect. Wayne, are you happy with uh, Robert Tunyon being your starting tight end? Uh, I'm not happy with it. I'm not pissed off because the only reason he's my starting tight end is because I found great value in other positions to pass on tight ends. Depth, man. Depth, yeah. I'd rather have depth at wide receiver than – I'm the type of guy that if I don't have that specific spot in the draft to get a Travis Kelsey or uh, Dalton Schultz or George Kittle or, you know, Andrews, you know, Kyle Pitts. (laughs) Uh, Man, I had a thought. Then what we should have started this episode with. I'm sorry to cut you off, Wayne. Have you guys listened to the new Drake album? It is atrocious. Awful. It's awful. I have not. Man, Save yourself. man, oh, this bro. is tired bags coming in. Boy, hey, we're almost. It's just me left. I just got one player, and we're done, man. You can go to sleep. I agree, though. The Drake album suck. Let me go. Uh, uh, I have a tight end following it up. Cole Komet. Oh, let's go. I think he's got a clear cut move to top ten tight end value. Ain't nobody on that squad, boys, except for Darnell Mooney. Nobody. You equanimous and St. Brown? Uh, I'm tired. I can't pronounce it, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about. This guy was number eight in targets last year. Number eight in targets. Number 12 in yards. Number 12 in receptions. Number six in snap share among tight ends. Finished 20th. Man didn't see a touchdown. Saw zero touchdowns. That's rare. And the thing is, Justin Fields under center, bro. Justin Fields is is he's progressing. <laughs> he's progressing. I mean, that's a fact. There's gonna there's touchdowns that he's gonna get next year. His target okay. share is gonna go up next year. His receptions are gonna go up next year. And he was already top. He was already tight end, a tight end one in all those categories. And his zero touchdowns brought him down. He's gonna score those touchdowns. I think he moves up. He could easily move up to into into top ten status. He's played two seasons and he hadn't missed a game. And uh, a little stat, I dug a little deep because you hate Cole Komet, so I knew I was gonna have to come with some with my claws out. The tight end strength of schedule for the Bears is number one. Wow, that's solid. That's he good faces info. the easiest. Strength of schedule for tight ends next year. 
That's good info. He's the perfect example of why of, of the saying not all targets are created equal. Ninety three targets, and he was tied in twenty one PPR and almost a hundred targets. Here's my he thing scored too: no touchdowns. He, he's the, it, it's all he was top. He was a tight end one in every category, except he didn't score to any touchdowns, which brought him down. Bro, Kyle Pitts scored one touchdown last year. It happens. These things happen. For him to be in his second year and not have the draft capital of Kyle Pitts and get 93 targets, young young tight ends in their first couple of years suck. And, and here's my thing, too. They and here's, suck. And here's my thing, too. The Bears, the Bears drafted four offensive linemen this year. Four. There, uh, I think the, the earliest was fourth. It was a bunch of it was multiple fourths or multiple fifths, and then a sixth or something like that. But they went out and absolutely just got as many offensive linemen as they could to try and just bolster it. He he got seventeen less targets than Kyle Pitts and fifty five less fantasy points. And Pitts had one touchdown. Just it's just the quality of targets. They suck. They're off. Uh, bro, Kyle Pitts I'm, is also a freak athlete. Come on now. Go. What do you I, mean? Kyle what you, Pitts. What was that Kyle look Pitts, for? Kyle Pitts is a generational tight end. <laughs> Kyle is Pitts throwing. is Kyle Pitts is all of our top three. I'm for saying Cole Komet can be a he ten. He just gave me the what you talking about, Willis? Look, when I said I, him, he and Kyle Pitts are drastically different. Sure they are, but what I, I guess the point uh, I gave no, the, no here's my point. This is my guy. I'm gonna cut you off. This is my point. If if you have to bring in uh, a consensus across every expert that's ever existed, top three tight end to battle against my late round flyer and Cole Komet, then I'm winning. Right. Then I'm winning. I'm right. Cole Komet Bex. top ten. Lock it in. You in had to bring Kyle ever, Pitts to this battle. In the history of ever in a dynasty draft, have you how many teams have you seen a tight end go in the top five? Top three. I've seen him go as high as three. In a rookie draft or just dynasty overall? Yeah, dynasty rookie draft. Oh, uh, never. Never. That's what I'm saying. Kyle Pitts is a generational talent. And okay. he had to bring Kyle Pitts to this argument to fight off Cole Komet. So, know, Mad Mob, that should tell you that's, everything that's you need the, to hear. I'm the so lengths okay. of hatred this man will go to right now. I hope right. I hope Justin I Fields sets the world on fire next year. I hope he I absolutely goes Pitts off. <laughs> Shame on me for that. I, I, I guess, hang on, let, let me go look at, at tight end 22. I guess compare him to him. Bro, That's more he's than, getting, he had more 93 than. targets last year. He's going to get plenty of targets. He might have over 100 this year. He, Riddle me this, yes or no, Justin Fields will score more passing touchdowns this year than he did last year. Yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That is incredible, Wayne. Get this guy soundboard. Just beautiful things happen. Goni, I'll be honest with you, man. Um, Seven passing touchdowns. Well, I mean, he splits so much time with Dalton. I mean, he, it'll it'll have to go up. He didn't. He, he. I mean, Dalton played what four or five games? I know. Dalton played uh, one, two, five games. Uh-huh. Six, maybe six games. Okay. Dalton yeah, played he, last year. Yeah, Fields will play those six this huh? year. It'll be Fields' show this year. He'll have the keys. No, I'm saying Dalton. Andy Dalton only played six games last year. The rest of it was 
Justin Fields. Saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Fields will have more passing touchdowns because he won't have – he'll play all 17 instead of 11 this year. Okay. Point. So let's just do quick math and extrapolate that. He he scored seven passing touchdowns in – what is it? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and 11 games. Mm-hmm. So we'll call it – will he have more than 13 passing touchdowns this year? You're taking way too long. The answer is yes. Goni, he's bad. The answer is yes. No, hang he's on, bad. hang on, hang on, Goni, Goni. Dibs, does he have more than 13 passing touchdowns this year, yes or no? I have to think about that one. Yes or no? But no, that, we'll wait because this is a – I'm literally got my finger over the trigger on a doink bed. Does he have more than 13 mm. passing touchdowns this year? Choose carefully. And then we're going to move the bar if you say yes. Listen, he's a he's an avid Justin Fields hater, so this should be a snap call for him. But for some reason, know, there's a I lot know. of thought going into it. I've never. Well, he, Are you this out on Trevor Lawrence? Thirteen pat. I, I would say he would be more on par with what Jalen Hurts did last year. You take that up to sixteen, and you got yourself a bet. This guy. Jalen Hurts threw sixteen last year. Okay, so he his passing touchdowns go up immensely. He throws at least a, he throws at least a touchdown every game. You don't think Cole Komet snags some? You think Cole Komet gets zero of those? And it, out of out of all the weapons that the Bears offense has, you think all that there's 16 well. passing touchdowns and Cole Komet doesn't get any of them? <laughs> Let's let's do some math here. So he was averaging about what point seven touchdowns a game. You said immensely. Sixteen touchdowns in seventeen games is an average of a point nine. That's not immensely. But do I think he gets one? I mean, yeah, he might snag one. His offense isn't going to score a lot of points. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know. Justin hey, Fields, a, Justin Fields, please, please absolutely just set the world on fire. I, I'm even on record saying I don't love Justin Fields, but I'm like, I'm the biggest Justin Fields fan this next year. Biggs, 25% isn't immense to you? Duh, Bears. You said you said it, it was 0. 0.7 to 0. 0.9. That's 0. 0.2, which is I mean, I, basically I'm, 25%. No, oh. I don't. You're a numbers guy. Hit you with that math, that. boy. No. Line scabs. I don't think that's immense. I would twenty five percent of anything would it be immense. If I told you Tom Brady was gonna have twenty five percent more yards, you would crap your pants. Well, yeah, but that's a that's a little different number. That's apples to oranges there. You're talking about touchdowns? It's numbers of numbers, different. man. Numbers of numbers. They're not going. They're not. They're different. You're just hating on Justin Fields. I don't understand why you're hating on Justin Fields so much. Are you this out on Trevor Lawrence, who was terrible as well? Garbage. I think he's better than Justin Fields. So, how good of a year is Trevor Lawrence going to have then? He who had way better draft capital, by the way. Oh, sure, number one pick. Um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd say Fields. I'd say Lawrence is probably going to be around the same touchdown mark as Fields. You know that this is high teens. He it's scored 12 still. last year, and he had 17 interceptions. It was bad, right? I just Trevor I, Lawrence. Fields is Fields has that young quarterback problem of scrambling too soon instead of staying in the pocket, and it and it, it really cost him. He just Bro, he's, ugly. he's learning the game. I feel like you are writing him off way too soon. 
And he actually did better at the end of the year when he started scrambling more. It's good for him. It's helpful. It's gonna it's gonna help win him games. To, uh, no. He he scrambles to run, he doesn't scramble to throw. That's a young quarterback problem. Yeah, and it, it, those guys it, don't it, in the NFL, And that's the point of that's the point of improving. If he improves at all, he's got the arm strength to be great. He's got the legs to be great. He to just be great. No. Yeah. Listen, Justin. If Justin Fields is is a Pro Bowler, I, I will. I don't even. It's too late for me to think of something creative right now. But I would put. It is too late. Listen, Mad Mob, it's now 5.05 a.m. This episode has now gone on for an hour and 40 minutes. Over an hour and 40 minutes. I I wish it... it quality's going down. I, I wish I had a movie off the top of my head that runs about an hour and 40 minutes. Anybody? Nothing? Nobody else can help me with that? Oh, I don't even know, man. What okay. about I was, I was looking at the light glistening off of Beggs' dome right here. Man, he has been. That's the only reason I'm still awake is I'm been blinded by Begley's forehead this entire episode. Whoa. But we essentially gave you a movie's length worth of content. Sub, please subscribe. We'd appreciate please it. Please hook it up. Follow. We're we're here for you. We're gonna do another. We're gonna do another Q and A podcast. Um, is that gonna be posted on Sunday? It's up to you, man. You're you're going out of town, tech guy. Mm. I'll try and make it work. I'll try and make it work for Sunday. Um, are we gonna do another episode for Wednesday? A hot takes ish episode. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I think Fields making a Pro Bowl should be the first one we talk about. Uh, agreed. Uh, Gabe Davis will be um, there as well. Uh, Cole Komet definitely will be. Um, Zeke, yeah. probably Zeke as well. Uh, Zeke definitely with his fully healed ligaments. All right, Look, Mad, yeah. Mad Mob, we, we appreciate y'all. Listen, we are on Spotify, Samsung, Google, Apple, the whole shebang. We are on YouTube. The YouTube percentage is getting a little bit better. We're still over 80% in unsubscribed viewers, so we would greatly appreciate it if you can hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you enjoyed the content, uh, we now have a, as of this week, we have a Facebook page. Look for us, Mad Fantasy Football Podcast. Please like it. Leave your questions um, on the page, and we will answer those there as well. Uh, we are on Reddit, mad underscore FF underscore podcast on Reddit. Uh, you can email us, madffpodcast at gmail.com. Guys, we greatly appreciate y'all, and we will see you next time. Bye.